and I saw a huge number, impossible to count, of people from every nation, race, tribe, and language. They were standing in the front of the throne and in front of the Lamb, dressed in white robes and holding palms in their hand. One good thing amongst many of living in the northeast of England is the East Coast Main Line. You can get to London in two hours, 20 minutes. Um, we'll draw a veil over the cross-country uh, journey I had yesterday from Darlington to Sheffield. The London to, uh, Darlington to London line is absolutely fantastic if you've got a senior citizen's rail card, because if you do a ticket alert and book early enough, you go very cheaply first class and enjoy a marvellous uh, full English breakfast. <laughs> So I often sort of, uh, on holidays or some days off, try to get down to London. And one of the things I always do in London is to go into the National Gallery. It's free, so rather than trudging around the whole gallery, you can do parts of it each time you visit. I think that's where you appreciate the works of art without being overloaded. And of course, it gives you more time for a nice boozy lunch or some nice oysters and fizz. To appreciate the great treasures in the National Gallery, any art gallery, you need to sit and ponder the works of art for them to reveal their depth and their beauty. Now, I'm very much a traditionalist person in most things, and uh, I like traditional art. Modern art just doesn't do it for me. I just don't understand it. <laughs> Lots of other people do like it. Uh, I don't understand, to be fair. I never really try to understand it. But there are many works of art in galleries up and down the land, and even now in Bishop Auckland with our Spanish gallery and our Miners gallery, uh, of art from ages, uh, from our own day, uh, down the ages. And whatever type or age they are, they all show forth uh, artistic expertise, talent, beauty, and wonder. And that's what some people can wonder at modern art. However, many things in art are hidden. It takes an expert to lead us into the mystery, rather like that wonderful sister, Wendy Beckett, who took many people deeper into Christian art to see the world and the sacred through the eyes of the artist. I think St. Stephen's House is doing a course on the road to Christmas, on the nativity, through uh, fine art. And I think it's going to be online, so that might be a thing to do to prepare for Christmas. Now, All Saints is one of my favourite feast days. I served in a curate dedicated to All Saints, the same church as your own Father Watson served as a curate many more years before myself. And of course, being all saints, you can't have all the saints in church. So we used to have a lovely statue of Our Lady with her hands together, right above the altar. It's a very poor church, very poor parish. Um, but of course, the thing with it was she didn't quite fit into the niche. So it looked like she was about to dive into a swimming pool. <laughs> and so I said to me, that's Our Lady of the swimming pool. And I always thought of that every time I looked up to see her, that wonderful Queen of Saints. No doubt Tom Daly might have had a great devotion to her. But I love the saints, and I think it was obviously serving in a parish dedicated to all saints. 
very much aware that all, they are all brothers and sisters in the faith. And today we give, a, give thanks for their example, for their prayers for us today, and actually every day as they spur us on to living the Christian faith. But this feast day is a bit blurred. We use the word saint a lot in church, and it has a triple use. Saint is used to describe the whole of the faithful of the church in the New Testament sense. So we are all saints, each one of us. And you can meet saints in school, at work, in the shop, street, restaurant, in the pub, and dare say, even in church. We also use this word to describe the name set of people who have been identified and called out of the greater community of Christians by the extraordinaries of their lives and witness to Christ. And they're marked for special devotion and feast days of commemoration and veneration. And there's a bit of an overlay today too, of course, with the Feast of All Souls, which we'll be keeping tomorrow when we pray for the departed of our community of Christ, the saints who are waiting for the general resurrection of the church expectant. And of course, as you all know here, one of the great acts of charity is to pray for the dead. Today's celebration is about the unknown saints of the church, uh, those of and those of the Red Letter Day Saints who also have their own feast days and mark out the lives of Christians throughout the year. But I think today is really special for the saints we keep, the greater number of unknown saints which we celebrate on this feast day, the great multitude of them, as you've heard in the readings. These are the men and women, indeed, some children from the first century through to own day. Uh, some have been saints from the very earliest days of the church and some just a few years in glory. But one thing about the saints is that they're always steeped in the orthodoxy of the Christian tradition. They were and are a wonderful witness to Christ as they lived out their faith each and every day. And many of these saints were called to be countercultural, many swimming against the tide of the times they were living in. Many of them were called to calling the church to reform or to repent and were made outcasts, ridiculed for their belief. And many of them not declared saints by the church until centuries later, when people came to say their brilliance, as people studied and pondered their life or their writings, and came to understand the deep meaning and understanding of their life and work, just like looking into a work of art. These images we have of the saints are of virtuous and godly living, depicted in fine stained glass works of art and stained glass windows, and they are charitable, upright, honest, living good Christian lives, worthy examples of faithful Christians. They are writers of prayers, translators of the scriptures, teachers of children, the tenders of the sick and the dying. These gentle saints we all know and love, but these gentle saints are mingled with other saints, a wild bunch, not easily understood, whose lives are examples and a deeper understanding of God that we may find a hard ourselves hard to understand. Some eagerly embraced horrific martyrdoms, the burnings, the stonings, 
flesh torn apart by animals, beheadings, disembowelments, set accompanied to the victims, chanting of hymns and praise. And some even had their hearts cut out and eaten by despots. And some withdrew from the world and had solitary existences. They chose loneliness, their bodily fasting and self-denial of any kind of luxury and self-mutilation. And some won the gifts of the stigmata, the wounds of Christ that bleed. Some had strange visions and dreams. Some had ecstatic uh, response to prayer. Some were skeletons, con a scold constantly on their desk and a monk's cell to remind them of their death from this world and the glory of the next. Many welcomed poverty, disease, solitude and lives of simplicity. They fled comfortable homes for hovels and caves. They offered their bodies to extremities of pain and begged death. They refused and despised any comforts from this world. Now, many of us find these saints hard to understand, much harder than the stained glass window saints. But they too are our saints. And we maybe need to ponder and reflect on their lives, trying to see what their call was. It may be like me with modern art, their lives may be forever a mystery to us here on earth. We may rightly think that they had lives of madness, but they too ended up in glory and honour. God has called and made many saints, all of them different in their own ways, from the gentle and holy to those we may think were near madness. But God must think we need them there as saints. And of course we do. Such is the mystery and wisdom of God. You see, it points to the truth that all people are called to the Christian life, as different as we all are, and we all have a different calling to do different things for God. We're all called to live a life of charity and love. And don't try and make the faith overcomplicated. We heard, I think it was last Sunday in the Gospel, the call of Jesus to love God and to love each other. That's what we're called to do, to love God and to love each other. We can't go very much wrong if we try to do that. And every one of us is being given a gift. No one is denied a gift from God. No matter how strange or mad they may seem to us, and they probably look at us in the church as strange, mad, or completely bonkers at the things we do. But we must always remember that God loves everyone and calls us all to a life of love and charity. That's why everything you do here, and from what I can see by the internet and what I hear by word of mouth, you do so well, is for everyone. There are no church-only groups, no holy huddles, but groups, activities, and especially the worship of Almighty God to the best you can give is for all who live in this city and beyond. What you do here is for every single person in this city and beyond. Even simply offering the Mass each day, you're offering it for each person who lives in this city. What a wonderful, saintly and holy thing to do. 
On All Saints Day, we come in wonder to stand before God. We, the saints of the church today, come to places and churches dedicated to the saints down the ages. We honour those whose lives were changed and those who have done great things and are great examples of the faithful life and help us in our weakness as we try to live the faith the best we can. God has given us the saints to see what is possible, how we can change our life and the lives of others in so many different ways of service and dedication. And he gives us the saints that we might learn and ponder the mystery of God, even the strangeness of God, through the eyes of all his saints. And us, we're all different. Everybody here is different, thank goodness like all those different saints. We all have different skills. Many of us are a bit bonkers. But one thing we have in common is we are called to be saints. Each one of us, you, the people of St. Matthew's Carver Street, are called to be saints here in Sheffield and in your home and your student communities. In our day, it will mean swimming against the tide of secularism. It will mean swimming against the tide of the church, which is like a raging torrent, not knowing where it's actually going, I don't think. But never mind, that's where we are and that's where we're placed. We just simply have to be faithful and get on with doing what we need to get on with. Each one of you have been given a gift to use in God's service, as I've said, and rejoice in that gift and use it. And remember, it's in many people doing small things that great things are achieved. You all know that. Many people doing small things that great things are achieved. We just got to get on and do the small things. Let us, the saints of today, Join with the saints of the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem, in praising God our Father and serving him in this city and beyond in the power of the Spirit, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.